We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical, mental, filth, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Coffee time. And welcome to the Amokan Coffee Social Club, Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm Jason Floyd, your host, along with Loretta Eaton <laughs> and two special guests today. That's right. We're coming up in the world. We have two <laughs> special guests. Uh, today we have uh, Walter Jones, who is a local resident of the peninsula here. Uh, Walter has uh, thrown his hat into the ring to run against the uh, infamous uh, Gary Stevens, which we're, we're very excited to hear about that. Mm. And uh, also we welcome David Haig back. And uh, as you know from previous uh, interviews, David is a champion for the restoration of an independent grand jury in Alaska, and uh, he has been hitting the road hard and talking to community groups and doing all kinds of stuff. And so um, uh, we hope that you uh, stay tuned for all of that. Today in uh, the stack of stuff, other things that we may hit on include physical fitness and its connection to white supremacy, uh, (laughs) the Crown Act, Mm-hmm. It's all about hair equality, folks. Yeah. Hair equality. Did Definitely. you did you ever did, did you ever feel like you were uh, unfairly treated because of your hairdo? Absolutely. Well, Congress, oh, no. Congress oh, cares. Gosh. Congress cares about your hairdo. And the se- uh, and the Senate in in Alaska, the Alaskan Senate really cares too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, maybe we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if the special interest is Rogaine. No, oh, I don't know, but. We it also, sounds like they don't have enough to do there. Yeah. I, it, it, not that it's a bad act, but it just shows you they like to waste time. Yeah. We also have the Redo Voting mm, that's uh, a scary uh, one. organization yeah. uh, talking about electronic voting, uh, but that is trending in both the House and Senate uh, right now. Federal, uh, federal, federal, federal level, federal. looking at all the changes they want to make to the voting act. And then we've got uh, Mr. Uh, Joe Biden, who has... Uh, recommended that we, uh, what is it that we do? That that we, we don't need cash anymore? No, we don't need cash. He wants to control us. We, you know, he tried with the $600, right, amount that they wanted to track anything that was spent over 600 They were they wanted to track. You you heard about that, right? I have not. No. Oh, yeah, that was, it was. Come on, man. Get with it, man. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> And no, they wanted to track any anyone that it was either through your bank account or spending. If you withdrew or did six hundred dollars, they wanted to track it, and that fell on its face. So now they've got another one, something called the eCash, and they've upped the limit. They're going to track over two thousand dollars now, oh, up to two thousand. Right, right. The, we'll 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 dive into it's that one. I know that that one's got a, a bunch of our uh, cryptocurrency nerds yeah, out there excited, yeah. and uh, so we we'll we'll talk about that. And I, and that was not a disparaging remark because I'm kind of a cryptocurrency nerd myself. Um, but then uh, the final item is we will delete you, and kind of an update on. The matter of uh, affairs in Canada and the implications that that has on us as we look at banking and changes to how cash is used and you know how easy availability. Yeah, how easy it was to keep track of people and then just shut their lives down when they disagreed, 
with the federal government in Canada. And it's coming here. Yeah, so, you know, um, well, you know, I have, to, I have to pause a minute and let everybody know that I had a very sort of stressful but awesome week. Oh, okay. I, I went to Anchorage <laughs> on Sunday last week. And oh, yeah. uh, my daughter uh, was uh, preparing to deliver a baby. And okay. we thought, you know how, you know, she, she went into labor and it was like, mm. okay, we've got about two days. Okay. Five days later. Oh, no. <laughs> Five days later, we have a healthy uh, grandson, Owen. Oh. Uh, he was uh, the same exact weight that I was when I was born. And he's got my charming uh, oh. smile and good looks. And, and this you know, is your first grandchild? My first grandchild. Oh, yeah. well, And it's yeah. a boy. Yeah, oh, it's gosh. A boy. Yeah. That's going to be one spoiled baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told, <laughs> I told Lindsay, I said she needed to make another one quick because yeah. the first one was mine. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> Better be a girl the second yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, that was, that was a kind of a high note for us oh, this week. Good. We got out of the shop. and Congratulations. My daughter, uh, she performed... Just swimmingly, she got her driver's license last last week, and she ran the whole show. Ah, down here, she wow. ran the whole show. For there a you week. go. So now you now you've got not, the, not the, just the, one location, yeah. but maintaining our second location, which we closed for the week because we didn't have the staff. You know, yeah. staff is hard to find right now. Yeah, but. Um, well, uh, we don't want to keep Walter uh, longer than he can be online. But uh, Walter, welcome to the uh, conservative hour of power. Uh, where are you calling us from today? Uh, I'm Chicago, Illinois. So you're down in you're down in Chicago. Well, uh, you know we we got your your card here in the shop, and um, my daughter said that your your beautiful wife had come in, and and she was kind of taken aback because she was like, "Wow, you guys really." Um, are a coffee shop. <laughs> she said that uh, you guys have listened to our podcast in the past, and oh. she thought that the coffee sounds in the background were just um, oh yeah. just sound bites or sound sound just effects. Theater. Yeah, no. Just theater. No. <laughs> so so Walter, uh, it says that you're running here. I've got your brochure in front of us. Uh, running for a Gary Stevens' seat. Can you tell us what what district that is or what region that is? Um, well. After it goes through the court system, it's going to be District C. Okay. Uh, I believe it's P as the moment, but as soon as it's done in court, it will be uh, District C. Okay. All right. So, um, so, so why run for office? I mean, has this been a lifelong uh, desire of yours to, to go and, and live in Juneau with the elite? <laughs> uh, no, no intention of that. Um, <laughs> I'm a driver. Um, been on the slope and everything and uh every time i come home i just hear more and more waste that that the state does with the money it's like this is crazy you you know it's just and my wife's like well why don't you do something about it and run for office and uh i had no idea who my senator actually was Mm -hmm. and along with other people that's been there on a peninsula a lot longer than i have he didn't come and knock on your door and introduce himself no and i'm Pretty sure he's not in Kodiak anyway, but because uh, nobody knows where he's at. Um, but I actually uh, started off running for uh, Don Young's spot. But well, that that's a that's a that is a crowded um, 
crowded field there. There's, uh, I've been told uh, something like 40, 40 candidates now. I told my wife I should have thrown my hat in the ring. 40. No, so I, I decided to go a little close to the home. Um, right. Uh, I'm a fisherman at heart. That's why I stayed in Alaska as long as I have. So... So it says here that uh, you spent some time in the, uh, I'm looking at your website, uh, that you spent some time in the military. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I have. Uh, well, it all started back in 84 in Pennsylvania, the National Guard. Um, as soon as I graduated high school, moved on to Florida and uh, did National Guard time there. And my dad's like, oh, why don't you go to Alaska? So <laughs> didn't know how to get to Alaska because of the money. So I just joined the active duty and flew on up there to uh, Fort Wainwright, Alaska, and stayed there two tours. Uh, broke uh, my ankle and uh, had a, a head injury, so I got out after that and got cleared through medical to uh, pursue in the National Guard or the Reserve, rather as a, uh, a Wyatt, which is Worldwide Individual Augmentation System, so I could deploy by myself. Hmm. So I just got, I got hooked on that because hmm. I could go in for any time. Uh, it's pretty fun, actually. You, you, <laughs> could, you could deploy like yourself, so that's like some 007 stuff? Actually, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, well, the reason I did it is uh, I was staying over in Kuwait, waiting in line at the uh, KFC and two Blackhawks flew in. A couple guys jumped out, ran over, grabbed a bucket of chicken and got back in the helicopter and took off. I was like, man, I don't, I'm going to have that job. <laughs> so Next time they did it, I got a hold of one of them and I asked them, what do you do? I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if they were special ops and uh, that's, what, that's when they told me what they did and I was like, how do I get in on it? <laughs> so I got in on it when I, as soon as I got home and uh, been in it 18 years mm. all told so and it's pretty cool <laughs> I got to fly around so so are you still are you still uh, my phone is trying to do some updates for some reason oh here. no <laughs> are you uh, are you still working um, uh, as a reservist are you still uh, in in the service or did you retire from that I'm retired out now. Um, okay. Which, uh, like anyone, you know, in the military, you, you hate it while you're in there until you get out, then you miss it. So, yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about your family. Ah, uh, family. Well, I was living in. Well, I, I ended up living in uh, North Pole, and then I moved to Anchorage because that's where most of the jobs were. And then I moved to Wasilla, uh, and that's where I met my wife. Um, in Tennessee, the stepson Ian uh, lived in the house there for a little bit. Got laid off on the slope again, <laughs> so got laid off up there three times. So we ended up looking for another place. We got a motor home, lived in Hope for a little bit, uh, Homer a little bit, and then we ended up buying property there in Anchor Point. So. Now, now it says over. says here that you've you've you're working you've built your house out of pocket. Wait, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Well, <clears throat> when I got laid off the third time, I uh, 
didn't have the money. I cashed everything out. I had my 401, everything. And uh, I ended up walking away from my house. So I vowed that would never happen again. So that's when we bought the motorhome. Lived Actually, before we bought the motorhome, we went to Hope and uh, lived in a tent on the, uh, on the creek there. Then we got a dry cabin, a little log dry cabin. And from there, we bought the motorhome, and then we're on the road after that, looking for our forever home. So, but about, about I'd never go through a bank again for a home. So, we built out of pocket. So now I got almost a three thousand square foot home. Wow! That wow! Nobody could take. You know that story. <laughs> that story is one that uh, I think resonates with a lot of Alaskans. Um, and well, I think uh, Alaska yep. is one of those special places where you can do that. You can still do that. I got three people on my road in my subdivision doing that right now. <laughs> Hopefully they're not pitching their tent right in the middle of your road. Well, no, not in the middle of the road, but y- you know, I it was well, one it is of the Nikiski, so you know, it could be in the middle. Well, of the road. and you know what's interesting is they're all young men, they're young families that right. are doing it. So, and they've come up from the lower forty-eight. So it makes me wonder if. You know, looking for opportunity. There's, there's such opportunity here, you know, and it sounds like you found that. You know, and that's not that different from my own yeah. story. You know, we yeah. lived all over the state. And we yeah. lived in a dry cabin. We, yeah. uh, you know, for many of the same reasons, you know, we didn't lose a house, but we could never get ahead enough to buy a house. And so exactly. so we ended up yeah. building, you know, a small cabin and leveraged that into some cash and turned that into another investment, which became a, you know, a trailer home that we lived mm-hmm. in. And then we leveraged that into another larger trailer home yeah. and rented the first one out, lived in an RV for about, you know, I don't know, six months and, you know, traveled all over the place. And, yeah. and, and so if you listen to like Kelly Shabaka, yeah. right. I mean, she, she talks about a similar experience Sim- similar, yeah. with her folks moving into Kiski and living in a tent, yep. you know? And so I don't know, David, do you, do you, have you, have you had a, any experience like that? Uh, grew up across the inlet where we sometimes go four months without seeing another person. So, well, that that, is, that that is a whole. Th- those <laughs> those are what I love. Those stories. Those are yeah. yeah. So those something breaks over different. there. You've got a you got to pretty much manufacture the yeah. solution, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's good to have those skills for sure. And you then, know, you in, know, in, go, go no, but the, I can understand why Walter gets upset. He said he you know, comes back and he hears the news and they're spending stuff, whereas, you know, the struggle he's had, and just over the PFD, which it actually is minor in the whole scheme of things, it's bait that they're using to distract us, but they say we can't even, you know, they can't afford to to give us the small amount they want to give us, yet they've got these huge programs. Well, they'll take care of us. That they're developing. They'll, they'll that, take care of us. Yeah. And... <laughs> Doesn't that, doesn't I that, would be doesn't frustrated. Doesn't help you sleep better at night knowing that uh, Walter? Gary Stevens and those <laughs> those folks will take care of us? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how I've never heard from them in, until election time. Yeah, so it, exactly. My- so so let's talk a little bit about uh, about your your uh, candidacy, Walter. You you um, you say that uh, you are. Uh, well, you assert here that um, rhinos belong in the zoo, not in politics. So, <laughs> I like that. So you That's have uh, you have identified your your opponent as a rhino. Um, can you tell our listeners what that means to you? Well, what that means to me is 
he, he, he care less. I have yet to get in contact with him because uh, you, you know you can never reach out to him. Um, and, and that to me, that's an issue because it seems to me he forgot how he got where he is yeah. and why he there. Um, it, it's, I don't, I don't want to degrade anybody, but it's the little people that put him there to, to be their voice, you know. And I plan on doing that. Whether you call me at midnight with an issue, I'm there. Well, uh, so so that that sounds like an invitation for people to call you. Uh, do you uh, are you taking calls at this this moment? I mean, I I, I know you're on the on the line with us, but uh, you're on the road. You're you're calling us from Chicago, I believe, and uh, you, you've got your cell phone. Are you accepting calls from the district yet? Absolutely, I, I have a line set up. So any, anytime, twenty four seven, I'll take a call. Okay, so I see on your brochure here it says uh, there's a donation number. Now, is that the number folks will call, or is there a different number? Uh, that's to the uh, campaign number right. for, my, for my wife. So if, if I can't pull over at the moment, she, she uh, it, it routes right to her phone. So some, somebody will answer the phone. Okay, all right, and then they can set up a, set up a time a, a appointment to talk with you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, you, you want to give our listeners that number now? here i know your, your campaign just launched so uh i've got yeah. you want me to give folks the one on your brochure uh yeah that, that's that's uh, oh, a, okay yeah. so that yeah. one is 907-435-4838 so so let's talk a little bit about uh what it means to be a conservative uh walter what for you what if you had to condense it down into maybe the top four or five, um, I guess, ideals or concepts, you know, uh, you would point to, to say, this is, this is how I identify myself as a conservative. What would those be? Oh, no, number one is, it's just common sense. You know, I'm, I'm just a truck driver, but uh, it's just common sense. It's like, uh, for instance, you know, this whole mask thing, you know, everybody, oh, you got to wear your mask. And if I'm healthy, why do I need to protect me or the other guy from being healthy? Um, you want to wear one? Wear one. It's just fine, but it's common sense. Well, we have, uh, Walter, if you hear a bunch of creaking and moving, <laughs> uh, we just had uh, one of our uh, coffee shop uh, patrons join us. Uh, and, uh, and, and he's a, he's, he's an outspoken activist. And, uh, if you are to get into office at some point, I can guarantee you with a hundred percent certainty that you will hear from Mr. Martin. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Ed, this is Ed Martin Jr. And, uh, he is back from sunny, uh, Hawaii. Uh, how are you doing, Ed? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Here, I, you know, it, it would probably work better if I turned your mic on. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm fine as a fiddle or uh, fine as frog's hair. Yeah, uh, you know, my, 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 my dad uses that fine as frog's hair one. So, um, so Ed, we're, we're interviewing uh, Walter Jones right now. He's running for state senate against Gary Stevens. He's a, a veteran and a truck driver, and he's getting his truck work on right now and uh, down in Chicago. So he's... He's calling us uh, right now 
to tell us a little bit about uh, his uh, his position as a conservative. So go ahead, Walter. Um, uh, keep going, and uh, I'm sure you know our listeners would like to hear more. Uh, so conservatives, what's wrong with the conservative movement today? Well, to me, it seems like there's there's a whole lot of rhino going on. Uh, I'm I'm solid 100% Alaska first. And that doesn't mean just saying it. I mean, yeah, for, you know, like the slope. Uh, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but it's like a huge portion of slope workers don't even live in the state, and and that's an issue with me. You know, you, you want to work on on our state ground but you want to hire out of state uh, i just don't get it right. you know like i told my wife you know how many kids graduate from high school every year without a job and where they go they end up leaving the state because there's no job uh, which, which should be open to them first anybody want to weigh in i wasn't this already hasn't this already gone issue gone to court and decided that you can't discriminate like that. And I, I wasn't here oh. when I think this happened. Because I think at one time they did have Alaska hire in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right? Oh. Am I right or wrong? So Ed... So and didn't Ed, Ed, Ed sh- nodding his head. You know, I, I just thought... What do, what do you think, Ed? Do you think that there's a, there's a way we can do this and get, a, get around what the court has done? Well... Uh, but first of all, is it true that the court has decided they can't do that? Yes, I believe it's okay, true. Okay, because it went away. It was here at one time. Yes. Um, and, you know, at 19 years old, I worked at, uh, at Prudhoe Bay, and I worked on the Alaska Highway or the Alaska Pipeline. And uh, it was a great experience for a young guy to have that opportunity. I'd love to see more of our young. And we are training heavy equipment operators and truck drivers uh, right, right out of Sterling. But uh, you have to have something yeah. for them to do. Yes. And, you can't and, just train right, them and, well, and set them free in the world and go, okay, find a job. Go, go ahead, Walter. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I, I believe with, the, with the, Mr. Higgs saying, it's uh, more of a hands-on, you know, like uh, heavy equipment operators, welders. I, there's a whole mess of jobs, you know, a plethora of jobs that go along with that. Um, truck driving. You know, I hear a lot, I hear a lot of complaints about you know, uh, the trucking industry wants to start hiring under 21-year-olds to let them drive. You know, and, oh, they're going to do this, and they're going to run people over. Well, I could tell you this, that over half the drivers out here today running, running these highways don't even have a CDL. They have a work <laughs> permit. <laughs> Well, and, and, they, and, and the question not, is how many how many of our how many of our soldiers are uh, under twenty one that are driving yeah. huge huge vehicles yeah. and not running over people? Thank well, you. N- yeah. aside from the tank drivers. Thank you. Uh, like I told my wife too, um, they're going to have more respect for that truck than somebody that drove over in Iraq. You know, which is a whole new world there because they just mash the pedal down and go for it. Um, they'd have a lot more respect for it here, especially making a decent wage that they could stay and grow a family in Alaska, not having to leave. Well, you know, I, I think some of this issue boils down to just uh, the culture of conservatism and that, 
Yeah, for too long, conservatives have been content to mind their own business and uh, right. stick to themselves. And, yes, exactly. And, um, and, yeah. and we have patronized uh, businesses that don't share our values yep. and don't share our beliefs. Exactly. And, and we voted for people who support businesses that are not, don't have an Alaska first mentality and don't right. hire, don't look for those those local hires, or maybe maybe it's a little bit more work to find a qualified uh, local hire. But uh, you know, I know businesses that invest in our young people and 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 locally, you know, uh, are are community minded, and you know, it, it may be that while the courts may tell us that we can't have some kind of a a legal way to do this, uh, that we can work together to build the strength of our community as conservatives. And, you know, we need to have strong conservative voices in Juneau and D.C., um, but it takes mm-hmm. a, a strong conservative community to elect yep. those people. And uh, right. so, you know, my my uh, my recommendation is to anybody that uh, if you see a problem and you don't like it, uh, mm-hmm. the first question is what are you doing to change it? And if you're a business owner and you are hiring people from out of state and you have this uh, contradictory idea that people should be hired in state, then, well, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more money and maybe some more yeah. time and you're going to have to be a little more creative. But there, there are ways to, to get folks in our state uh, employed in our businesses. And, and uh, you know, when we talk about things like ConocoPhillips and Hillcorp and you know, BP now they're gone, but uh, you know these big multinational corporations. You know, it's a little bit harder to get those folks to adopt our culture. But I want to challenge people and say, why is that? Because those same folks, they'll go to Dubai, or they'll go to Kuwait, or they'll go to you know Venezuela, or somewhere where where the culture is totally different, the politics are totally different. China, you know. Uh, there are all kinds of businesses doing doing uh, business in China. Uh, I, I was listening to one about uh, about um, uh, Disney and how woke Disney has gotten, <laughs> and how how they are proud about inserting the LGBTQ um, X Y Z you know into all their movies. But in China, they can't do any of that crap. They have to. They have to you know, honor the Chinese culture and the Chinese won't put up with it. And, and so, so over here, they're all woke and, and broke and morally corrupt, but then they go to China and they become the, the bastions of morality. You know, you, you look at their, their uh, offerings in China and they, they change things to accommodate the culture. So we need to stop purchasing mm. products and goods from woke, broke, ideologically broke corporations Absolutely and vote with our dollars and with our voices that's a that's a hard thing that, that's a hard thing as i sit to here do. surrounded it's... by all my amazon purchases well and and <laughs> you know i gave into amazon too so uh, it's 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 easier said than done and walter how, how do you do that okay you want to have alaska hire you want to have jobs but um, the current administration in Alaska let Joe Biden shut down, you know, oil on the North Slope, and I did not see any pushback. And maybe it's my naivete, and, and you can't push back. But what would you do? 
because there are no jobs. I mean, you look at the, the what was the uh, Pebble Mine, you know, there, there, there are not a lot of jobs here. I have a daughter that would love, she doesn't want to now, because there's just no jobs here for her. The, the, okay. What she does, there's no jobs here for her. So it's nice to say, let's educate people. But if, the, you know, the agrium is shut down. Um, oh, that might come back up now that Russia's uh, not well, giving the world fertilizer. <laughs> dream, dream on, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's been shut down. The little plant yeah. next to it is, has decreased its capacity and all that. And that's, that's, uh, uh, it's all across the state. So what would you do? You want to be elected as a person that says, let's go train them, but there's no jobs. How do you get jobs? Okay, let's see. Number one, it, you know, North Dakota has done it. South Dakota has done it. Oklahoma has done it. To where the governor actually stands up for their state. And uh, their, their refineries are working. They're, they're pumping oil, and, you know, because that, that's what they base the majority of their economy on. But how so, would you do that? As a, a lone that? senator, how would you have uh, shoved Dunleavy over that line? You know, and say, hey, you stand up. You need to stand up for us and, 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 and not let them shut down. Right. Well, I'd, I'd just burn up his phone, show up at his doorstep constantly, and just, you got to do it. It's for the people. Okay. Yeah, now, you know. I, I, go ahead. Well, I'm just, <laughs> somebody's getting something somewhere. It's just like they just just turn their back on us. Yeah, they have. So, so uh, let me you know, let I me. I have no friends anymore because they all moved down to the states for jobs. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, uh, Walter. So, when this when the Capitol shut down and they required everybody exactly. to wear masks and to to um, strongly urge them to get vaccinated and uh, tested multiple times a week. And right now the Capitol is shut down again, again. because the, all the, and they've got like 97% um, vaccination right now, but they've got something like 30 people that have tested positive for COVID. What, um, if you win this seat or when you win this seat and you go and uh, Peter Michicki or somebody like him is the president of the Senate and colludes with people like Louis Stutz to shut down the Capitol. What's your response going to be? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, probably a Zoom call. Say that again. Probably a Zoom call. A Zoom call, rather than yeah, show, yeah. rather rather than go onto the floor. Well, one, if I'm not allowed in because I'm not vaccinated, uh, I'm not going in there. Um. Yeah, I get back to it. Yeah, simple as that. But that's my my belief. So, um. so you know, it, it was my observation that just from personal experience that there were very few people with uh, the political will yeah. to stand up and oppose these unconstitutional infringements on the legislators' constitutional duties, obligations, and rights to be in that building. The only person that I saw while I was there that actively stood up was Laura Reinbold. And they threatened her, and they they put security details on her, and they treated her horribly, removed her from committee rooms, and kicked her off of the uh, Judiciary Committee, she, which she chaired. 
And the governor even decided to write a very nasty public letter to her and instruct the bureaucracy not to uh, honor any of her requests for hearings with, with the bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. now you see, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That, that's... Yeah, so he instructed <laughs> okay. his staff oh, really? not to okay. appear before her committee. Okay. And, right, um, but that, that's your governor, right? <laughs> well, and, and you well, know... Well, Gary Stevens yeah. was, was complicit in that. Yeah. Gary, uh, yeah. Gary Stevens yeah. actually, actually yeah. delivered the speech <laughs> that removed her from uh, her committee seat. And... In a, in a self-righteous and pompous, you know, uh, extremely academically concerned. Well, he's a former university professor. Yes. Is, yeah, I, I, yeah. I looked up his yeah. CV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let's, talk about the, let's talk about the right to life. Uh, you say on your, uh, that's the number one thing on the top of your brochure is that you're pro-life. Can you define for me what pro-life means? Uh, pro-life to me. Uh, means that we should, as as a uh, a whole, we should be paying for abortion, um, not the taxpayers. Um, there's there's situations where it's warranted, you know, for an abortion, but uh, I'm I'm totally uh, against it. So what what would those situations be? To me, well, I mean, you got rape victims. You know, they shouldn't be subjected to anyone else's decision, really, um, especially government. <laughs> we don't need government stepping in. Um, I, I understand, you know, my body, my choice, but if there comes, you know, other, other than getting raped or uh, incest or anything like that, it's... Uh, it should be up to the woman and it shouldn't be, you know, right before delivery date. Um, cause once that thing, once the baby's got a, a beating heart, it's, uh, no more worse than, uh, having a gun. You know, I, if I have a gun, that's fine. It's legal. Uh, it's my constitutional right until I kill somebody with it. Right. So by, Taking taking someone else's life is that right? All the way around, or now? What about the um, the uh, right to life? Is it the local group that has decided to add? Um, uh, what was it? It's somehow COVID treatment? The right? You have the right? Who, who? We had someone here telling us about what was that? Uh, no, I understand what you're saying. Right. Right. They, they the, wanted uh, to add. Yeah. Um, they they are actually expanding the uh, pro life vision or idea to encompass people at the end of life of all ages in which you uh, which we saw at the hospital here they didn't allow them certain treatment. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? Personally, I have to tell you quite up front that that is a belief that I have. I believe pro life encompasses not just the the pre born but the born at the end of life. Which I see this this mission of the um, the abortionist is now creeping over into uh, medically assisted death. I think it's the same group. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you mean like if, if you know if they're on their, their deathbed? 
Well, no, yeah. just in, in the hospital here, it was, there were patients that really didn't have a choice in, in what medications they were offered. And it was oh, this no. sort of very dismissive, well, gee, you know, you're older and we've made these value decisions, uh, you know, value judgments based on what we feel your medical health, your health was at the time, you know. Right. Um, you know, constitutionally, they can't do it. It's, it's all government money feeding them to, to make, have them make their own decisions on your life. Yeah. I think yeah. hospital in Alaska should be... Uh, held accountable yeah so um, yeah. so is it is it your position is it your position that um that life starts once there's a heartbeat absolutely, absolutely. and what what's your position on on um others point of view that life starts at conception uh, when when, like when that when that egg is fertilized and and divides into uh, two cells instead of one. Well, I'll be honest, uh, I'm not that in depth on it. Uh, I haven't done my homework on that uh, as far as at conception. I mean, we have <laughs> we have condoms and, and uh, everything else, you know, so you, you don't end up pregnant. Uh, if it's your choice not to use them, then. Probably should have taken that that, uh, consideration. Okay. Um, You said on your second, any any other questions, follow-up from anybody in the the studio? The only uh, issue I'd bring up is the fact that... uh, And this is Ed Martin. Yes. um, That, uh, you know, uh, I, I got married in high school, and I did what, you know, many high school kids do. Uh, they're very promiscuous, and I was, and I'm still married uh, 49 years later. Um, my daughter was of that and came about because of that uh, promiscuous tea, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Promiscuity. Promised do- yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, it was a blessing uh, in our hearts. My wife, uh, uh, soon-to-be wife, after we found out about this, uh, she had a... Uh, uh, a very deep-seated feeling that it didn't matter whether she married me or not, that she was still going to have that baby. And it was, um, you know, and she didn't necessarily need me. Um, <clears throat> and I think today uh, we can reminisce of the uh, early movement uh, uh, and why abortion came about. Um, I think that... Uh, America changed in the mid late 50s early 60s in which feminism became you know uh, I want to rule um, I think that uh, a lot of women today probably are thinking a lot more about uh, the whole idea of uh, raising children or getting pregnant or who they're gonna you know father a child with them and right. I, I really think that we are moving back to some degree toward what's really important and uh, across America from the very beginning. Um, I watched a movie last night that was, uh, you know, I had to see it all the way through. I think it was on Amazon, and it was about Washington and uh, a common cause or a common uh, sense that was brought about during the Revolutionary period um, and um, the cause 
it was about freedom and liberty. Well, freedom and liberty starts at the very beginning. And I think it starts with uh, the love of our country and love of each other. And, um, you know, I told my wife at that time, I said, you know, uh, you're not going to raise that child by yourself. I would never have that happen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You mean you were... You were like holding yourself to a high standard oh, of gosh. personal accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and the that's children, exactly that, that children actually mean something, and that yes. they actually need to have a mother and a father. Oh gosh, how revolutionary! Yes, oh. but I, I can tell you, I think that uh, having a conservative run for office, uh, we can get mired down into the real mm-hmm. deep weeds here and into the earth, uh, uh, and get a little bit extreme. I know. Uh, this whole thing on a local level for the right to life is an issue because it affects us right here locally and, and, and our children growing up and, and learning uh, sex education. Um, well, you and, know, and at that, some point. that expands, you it, know, it, we look at we yeah. look at Planned Parenthood, that expands to this this transgender uh, position that, that you know, the uh, Planned Parenthood is now providing hormone treatments yeah. Yeah. for kids without... Mm-hmm including their parents in that decision and and so planned parenthood gets a lot of its funding through the abortion issue but they're they're not just about the right to life and quote-unquote planning parenthood and they're they're about total social change and and don't they run why it matters in the legislature is because they're running programs in the schools that are approved that our dollars are paid you know alaska's is funding that's why it's important it it you know and then it expands into emotional social learning which is another whole can of worms and critical race theory which is another that that if even though they seem to be these huge large global issues they they do matter on a local level because if if people that go to juno aren't aware of this it sneaks in it's well, these little issues that sneak in under the guise, oh, gee, we'll do it for you. We'll just take care of it. You don't have to worry about it. Well, and, and Walter, I'm going to take the opportunity to just, yeah. you know, weigh in with my personal perspective and let you know that, you know, there, there are a lot of people like me yeah. who believe that this, you know, they may try and, and sully our names by saying, well, you're just a single issue, you know, voter. Well, for me, there is no greater issue than the... Uh, protection and advocacy for uh, the most vulnerable in our society. And for me, I believe that uh, life begins at conception and that it's something that's uh, ordained by God uh, and that it's something outside of the power of man to, to legislate and that uh, we, there are certain natural laws that uh, man cannot um, take away from and should not infringe, and and one of those is that right to life. And so, um, you know, for voters like me, if you don't get the answer right (laughs) on this one question, it doesn't matter how great your plan is for the PFD, it doesn't matter how great your plan is for securing Alaska first jobs, it doesn't matter, your whole agenda doesn't even get consideration if you won't stand up for that most fundamental um, right and liberty that is granted to us by our creator and not by Congress. And so what I heard you say that was encouraging 
was that you really didn't know where you stood on the issue and that you hadn't researched that. So my recommendation to you as a very conservative voter, and I'm not in your district, but I have many friends who are in your district, is to take the time that you have between now and Election Day to really dive deep and look into it. And I would encourage you to talk to Pat Martin at Alaska Right to Life, and uh, he's a wealth of information. We've had him in the shop before. Um, and, you know, I, I heard what you had to say about um, about rape and incest and, and those sorts of things. Uh, but uh, I would encourage you to keep doing your research. And if your mind is not set and settled on this topic, then I would say there's hope for your campaign. If, if your mind is settled that life starts with the heartbeat and not at conception, then then you know, there are people you will lose uh, from, you know, lose support from. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. So um, the last thing you have here on, on the, uh, your, and I know this is your first piece of literature for your campaign, is the pro-subsistence lifestyle. Once, once we talk about this, then we'll switch gears and jump over to David and um, talk about the grand jury. But can you tell us a little bit about um, how subsistence has played a role in uh, your family and living in Alaska and, and what you hope for subsistence in the future? Well, just backtracking a little bit, I'm, I'm against Planned Parenthood 100%. Uh, but the uh, subsistence lifestyle, if, if, if we didn't have it, I mean, I'm not a millionaire by, by any chance there. Um, we need it. We, you know, it's nice to be able to go out and fill your freezer. I mean, have you have you checked the price of steak lately? <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Um, and we all depend on it. And uh, especially fish. You know, I, I hear a lot of people, well, I heard a lot of people talk about, uh, oh, it's the dip matters. You're taking all the fish and this, yada, yada. Well, once they're in the river, that's, can't go in there to get them anyway but uh they're, they're not wiping out the, the salmon so uh, i'm all about the alaskans first um me personally it, it seems like the port of commercial opens up that we should have a we have a shot at uh getting our filling our freezers first before seasons open for subsistence before it's open to out-of-staters to come in and start hunting. Because once that happens, it's perhaps you even getting a moose after that. Okay. Um, yeah, I you know, this is a little sidebar, but my, my grandson was just born, and mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, the hospital recommended was that he get his uh, heel pricked, and they do a five-panel kind of uh, test on his blood, and they said uh, the reason for that is that they've noticed a spike in problems with infants in Alaska because uh, we eat so much salmon. And after the Fukushima incident, oh. um, that our salmon have been tainted by that and mm. that there seems to be a correlation between uh, our, con- our higher levels of consumption of salmon and some problems in, in our, in our uh, newborns. Oh. And so, uh, gratefully, uh, nothing was wrong with little Owen. But, um, you know, I know a lot of people do depend on salmon. And 
I hate salmon personally. Oh, but, but you know, sorry for you because I, I spent I, I spent too much time <laughs> in salmon. the industry, and my dad basically wore me out on it. The first three uh, years we lived here, we ate nothing but pink salmon. Oh, wow! We moved up on a big pink year. Oh. We filled the freezer and ate salmon and uh, oatmeal for three years. Oh no, because we had no money. <laughs> yeah. So so we we depended on that. We depended our family, my dad's family, you know, depended on. Depending on that subsistence to, to get us get our, our, our feet under us, and uh, you know, but but with the cost of meat, you know, I'm looking this year at going fishing for the first time in many years because I still got kids at home and doggone it, they can eat salmon and uh, and, you, you and just rice have to cook and oatmeal too. You just too. have to cook it properly. <laughs> nothing. I love salmon. Hey Jason. Okay. <laughs> hey Walter. Uh, you know we're talking about subsistence. We're talking about salmon. Um, it may help you out a little bit on your right to life thing. If there wasn't fish coming upstream and spawning, we wouldn't have subsistence, would we? So it's a subsistence of life in a way that you might be able to relate that uh, to the populace. Um, and, and, and as far as Jason's concerned, <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got six stents in my heart. Uh, I need to eat salmon. I eat it quite a bit. Actually, two days ago, I had salmon and, uh, and shared it with a neighbor in Hawaii before I left, uh, and they just loved it. Um, I really think that uh, it's just one of the resources Alaska has, and I think that subsistence relies on many different things, clean water, uh, a healthy forest. Uh, all this yep. stuff is interconnected and are part of it life. Is. And uh, so, you know, I, I can't stay long, very much longer here, but Walter, I, I'll be looking uh, toward your candidacy. I can tell you this, that if I was a candidate today, there's two issues that I would uh, bring to the forefront. Number one, your word is your bond. Look into public yep. official bonds. Mm -hmm. I think it's something we need to do in this country to get accountability, because I think that was one of your first things there, accountability. Um, yep. And then secondly, um, you know, what is the cause? Because this is what held George Washington and his uh, Continental Army together. Many times they were out there and they were getting beat up on. But yet what I got from that movie last night, and I watched it right to the end, was the kind of person he was. And it was that that created this great nation of freedom and liberty, the cause. And so I think you're headed in the right path. I hope to meet you someday. And uh, keep the shiny side up, as they say in the <laughs> trucking industry. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Good day to all you folks. Uh, it's uh, well, it's a pleasure you, to be back. Thank you for dropping back in, Ed. And, um, uh, and feel free, uh, Walter, if you want to hang out uh, and and weigh in on on what Mr. Hag has to say. He's going to give us an update on the grand jury process and uh, where that's going and what kind of traction he's getting or not. And um, and we'll talk about maybe some ways that we can we can help spread the word. So, okay. welcome uh, to the show, David. You've been sitting there very patiently. Uh, uh, so. So you've been busy the last couple of days. I'm gonna exit. Yeah. All right. Been, uh, <laughs> see, see you later. Uh, we had a demonstration at the Kenai Courthouse, and it went really well. Uh, had 
over 30 people there uh, with signs just promoting the right of the grand jury to investigate, uh, you know, the constitutional right. Um, after that, I got, uh, well, I guess even before that, legislators were calling me and said that down in Juneau, it was the talk of the town that they heard that there was a huge hornet's Score. nest hey, that, that, going on. That's, that's one on you. You did a good job. The yeah. minute you got them following you yeah. or, or getting in contact with you, it means you've, you've sort of highlighted it for them, something they didn't know. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's been going extremely well. Uh, you know, legislators have been contacting me wanting to... Uh, deal with the issue and try to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and just so that everybody knows, uh, we've been told that we need to keep the pressure on. Um, that came from Juno, And so we're going to do another demonstration at the Kenai Courthouse on Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. Wednesdays are in Kenai or the grand jury days. And so we're just trying to give the grand jury some support to investigate even in the face of... Uh, opposition from folks in the Kenai courthouse, uh, judges, and the guy that shut down the last grand jury, his name was uh, uh, John Skidmore, and he's the deputy attorney general. And that's pretty disturbing to everybody down in Juneau that our deputy attorney general is... Uh, jury tampering. Yeah, and, and <laughs> violating the clear uh, statement in our Constitution that says the power of grand juries to investigate and make recommendations concerning the public welfare and safety shall never be suspended. Which is more than a statement. That's a, that's a mandate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a mandate. Mm -hmm. oh. And, uh, yeah. And, and the statutes, the statutes that, that, that take their lead from that, that article, or, you know, from, from what I've read, from, from what uh, your group has put together, man, I don't know how, how the state can think that they can get away with what they're doing on the grand juries with that law sitting there. You know, I, I, I wrote a piece recently about the rule of law and how if we uh, allow special interests, individuals and entities within the courts or the prosecutor's office or, or the administration to have a different set of standards when it comes to their accountability and the rest of us all fall under the jurisdiction, jurisdiction of the grand jury, but they exempt themselves from it, then we don't have equal protection under the law. Yeah, well, that's a lot of people are figuring that out. And it, it, I've done some research, uh, and in other states the same thing has happened because the grand juries, when they investigate on their own, invariably it's government officials. There's a vested interest in the government officials to, like, slowly rewrite the grand jury handbook to write out that duty and um, well they would never do that in alaska would they <laughs> yeah. well oh no oh wait I, is, no <laughs> i experienced that firsthand how they changed they actually changed the grand jury handbook from one week to another because i pointed out that it it uh, it laid out where and when each grand jury met in the different spots around the state. Kenai is Wednesdays and, you know, Anchorage, I don't know, it was like Thursdays and, you know, Juno, it's a different day. And I published that and I said, everybody who has a problem with government officials, go to your courthouse on grand jury day with a sign say, hey, I want the grand jury to investigate so-and-so. One week later, I downloaded another grand jury handbook 
and it was one page shorter. Everything was off, and I couldn't understand it. Looked through it. They would removed all the dates. Yeah. Oh, maybe, the, maybe it was just a coincidental oversight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that, of course coincidental it was. Coincidental oversight. Yeah. Kind of like when when uh, health mandate 16 it disappeared. It coincidentally <laughs> disappeared from the public record. No. <laughs> so, all right. So, so you have another rally coming up. Uh, when is that? It's April 6th, 7 a.m. at the Kenai Courthouse. So that's this next Wednesday? Yep. Okay, this next Wednesday. And I saw the photos from your last rally. You had some some professionally made signs. And uh, uh, you've got signs for folks to wave if they show up, or do they need to make signs? Or uh, We got quite a few, but we used all of them up, and there was a bunch of folks that uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't have signs. So if you can make up some, we'll probably try to make up some more. But... Um, yeah, it it uh, got people's attention, and as I said, uh, the folks in Juno said we need to keep up the pressure to get something done. And um, you know, I know I was told that the governor had uh, an impromptu meeting with the attorney general to talk about this. Uh, legislators attended, and you know, they don't know really what to do because it is so blatant what's going on. You know, the mm-hmm. grand jury's right to investigate government officials, uh, you know, in fact, when they put in that, you know, that uh, constitutional verbiage, you know, it's sort of vague, you know, people say, well, the the right to investigate public welfare and safety. Well, when they were talking about it, the original verbiage was to, that was going to be in the constitution is their right to investigate uh, misconduct in office of public officials, but they didn't want that verbiage because then if there were other things for the grand yeah. jury to investigate, like, you know, septic getting into your water or whatever. Yeah, they, the they wanted to make it deliberately broad. Exactly. So that they could but, look at a, a, a range of things. Exactly. But but the comment to that constitutional right, the comment itself says, uh, and this is by all 55 delegates, it says, uh, the grand jury is preserved for all purposes, mm-hmm. especially for investigation of public officials. Yeah. That's what the, yeah. the, the, the actual yeah. comment to the yeah. constitutional right yeah. is. Now, deputy attorney generals, they're, um, they're just appointed, right? They're hirees. Yes. Right? No. They're, not, they're not like elected officials. So we've got this hiree right. that we pay for who's making these what seem to me to be sort of executive decisions. So, so he. So, how does that so, work? So, Skidmore, if I'm not mistaken, uh, reports to Trig Taylor, mm-hmm. and uh, who's the attorney general, or was at least. Has that changed? He's still the attorney general, yes. right? So, so he's got a boss, and Trig's got a boss too. I, can't, what, what's that guy's name? Done nothing. Done nothing. Done nothing. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Michael J. Done nothing. Um, so you 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 called the governor's office, if I'm not mistaken, and and their response was, or actually you visited the one their their local office here in Soldatna? Yeah, I originally I called the governor's office um, and uh, a guy named Eli Keston something or other um, scheduler was I wanted a meeting with the governor when kind of this first started with this next grand jury and, and I'll have you know there have been this is now the one recent one is now the fifth <laughs> grand jury two in Anchorage and now three here wow. on the peninsula on the that peninsula. have been shut down and John Skidmore, Deputy Attorney General, has been personally shut down two of them at least that I know of. Yeah. 
Um, he may have shut down others that I never could figure out exactly who it was. But yeah, after we couldn't get a meeting with the governor and they wouldn't even call back, uh, when this fifth grand jury got shut down, we went and visited uh, uh, the governor's person there at the Blazy Mall, Jill Schaefer, I think it is. Okay. Um, we met with her for at least an hour and a half, maybe almost two hours. There was, I don't know, half a dozen or a dozen of us there. And we went over. We said, hey, this has happened in the past. Clear. The Constitution is crystal clear. The statutes, like you said, that back up the Constitution, one of them states if an individual grand juror knows or has reason mm -hmm. to believe a crime has been committed, he shall inform the other grand jurors who shall investigate. And this grand jury, uh, they had direct evidence of felony conduct by government officials that they were trying to disseminate to the other grand jurors. And it, you know, they got stopped and they said that this wasn't legal. And I'll, I'll tell you this, that I heard, um, you know, uh, we don't have a an affidavit yet, but we're going to try to get one from the grand jurors. The one was pulled into a private room out of the grand jury, and uh, Judge Jennifer Wells was there in person. They got Skidmore on the line telephonically, and he said, uh, the grand juror said, well, they told him, you can't disseminate information, you can't have the grand jury, or ask the grand jury to investigate, and he says... <laughs> here's the grand jury handbook. It says that I'm obligated to, and apparently they told him the handbook doesn't matter, and then he says, well, it's, quote, in the Constitution, and they said the Constitution doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, really? You know, yeah. you, you, you wonder how much. I just looked up John Skidmore, and he was, um, he went into that position in 2019. But he's been uh, over 20 years. He's been with the department for over 20 years. So you wonder how many of these are just like, full-time bureaucrats that really don't want you to mess their job up yeah. or make it difficult. Right. And so they've just, they, they understand how the system works. They, they, they know the buttons to push the people to call and they just know how yeah. to shut stuff down. And they, this is what's been done in the past. And this is what I'm getting because you know, this is a, this is a bureaucrat. Yeah. He's just moved around. Yeah. He's well, taken his law degree and moved around the, the state government from position to position to position. Well, you know, when, he, when he was the so, criminal division director... Yeah, um, that was before. Yeah, there was a grand jury shut down, and the grand yeah. juror was so angry, he wanted to uh, yeah. have our legislators question Skidmore on it. Okay. So they, they all yeah. drove to Anchorage, and yeah. it was Peter Machicki and Mike Chenault at the time was Speaker of the House. And we sat down with John Skidmore and said, how is it possible the Constitution says this and you could shut down the grand jury? And like I said, our legislators were there. Uh -huh. And uh, Deputy AG Skidmore, he says, the reason why I could shut it down is there was no concern of systemic corruption. And one of the, the grand juror was there in yeah. the meeting, and he says, we told you it was systemic corruption over and over. And Skidmore says, no. No, you're wrong. And so the grand juror was getting upset in front of uh, yeah. uh, Mike Chenault, Speaker of the House at the time, and Senator Machicki. And at that time, I seen a look of uh, just about sheer terror go across their eyes when they started saying this. And the grand juror was jumping up and saying, that's, you know, that's wrong. Well, the, the legislators believe Skidmore over top of the grand juror, mm. but, but listen to this. 
when we got back down to Soldatna, that grand juror went to the courthouse, and the, the hearing that he got shut down, they tape recorded, and he got a copy of it. And in that, that tape recording, over and over, Skidmore was told it was systemic corruption. Yeah. So now we have proof that he lied, yeah. outright lied to our legislators mm-hmm. to justify what he did. And then, and this time when he shut down the grand jury, he just, he didn't come up with a reason. He just said, doesn't matter, you can't do it. But at this point, doesn't it become the legislator's problem? Because if they know, and they're not doing anything, I mean, they're complicit with him. Let's talk about that for a minute, because, you know, um, I want to clarify something here that maybe, maybe the listeners don't understand, is why the grand jury is so important, and, and probably why the governor's office has not weighed in because if I understand the grand jury process correctly, any corruption, any illegal activity that could be prosecuted in court is fair game. It is. And, and if the grand jury knows about it, (laughs) they are, they don't have the latitude to ignore it. The the law tells them that they must consider it. And, and so, so let's ask ourselves this simple question. Why wouldn't the governor's office want to be very clear about the restoration of the people's ability to hold politicians accountable for criminal activities? Yeah, exactly. Right. Hmm. So now you know and why it, it's been shoved under the rug. Yeah. For yeah. so often. So, so, and ignored. So, so you know, when, when the governor shredded the Constitution last year, when the governor continued to exert his uh, emergency powers after those powers had lapsed, had uh, his mandate was gone, and he deprived people of their property, their livelihoods, uh, their ability to freely move around the state. Oh, you mean the million-dollar fines? Oh, yeah, the million-dollar oh. fines, the, uh, you know, you had to print off that piece of paper. Yeah, the pa- that you had piece to, of paper. You had to sign, you know, your travel paper documents online with the state and carry that in your car so that if you got pulled over, you so, could... Sort of like a very authoritarian right, government, right. Which, you know, that which really needed against, to know where you were. Against the law. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, okay. the, the nice yeah, thing yeah. about the grand jury here is that while obviously Mr. Taylor's office, Trigg's office, the AG... Uh, seems to be politically motivated in not answering this. The grand jury is not politically organized, is it? No, it's they. There's one thing I read that makes sense. They said the grand jury is the one animal in the jungle that's big enough to take down all other animals, even if they are protecting each other. Mm-hmm. And and if you think about it that way, they they can go after judges. They can go after legislators. The governor. They can go after the governor. In fact, one of the last grand jury investigations they allowed to happen was with Governor Bill Sheffield, and the grand jury investigated and recommend the Senate uh, start impeachment proceedings. Oh, well, <laughs> you so, know, a lot of people probably marked that in their little book that said, well, we can never let that happen again. It, that's exactly what happened, yeah. 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 Well, you know, David, I, I my hat's off to you. Yeah. I know that you have uh, another life, or you used to at least, <laughs> and that this has kind of become your life. Um, but we need champions like you. And uh, anything that we can do to help you promote uh, this cause and give you a broader platform for speech, I know that uh, uh, now the Clarion was made aware of your last protest 
Have they been notified of the upcoming one? Uh, I'm not sure, but you know we uh, we haven't been hiding it. And I yeah, I did yes, actually I sent out to I have a media list on my email, and so it got sent out to everybody. And yeah, it it is shocking how little attention it's got. Although now there are starting to be some radio silence. Well. There, it's starting to catch traction up in the valley and around. There, it, there Isn't are that some, interesting how it always, all the important liberty issues seem to catch traction. Even our mm-hmm. liberty issues yeah. on the peninsula catch yeah. the attention of the representatives in the valley first. And our representation down here is really slow and, to and take a public con- position. And it's interesting because we're considered to be this like really red district. The, the whole Kenai, very, very conservative. And it shows you that... We may vote that way, but whoever we vote in doesn't think that way. So are, are you taking notes, Walter? I am. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> One thing. It's integrity. You know, you can't be a jelly. You got to stand up for, for what's right. Yep. And yeah. listen to your people. But they, you know, that's, that's why I want to have open communication 24 hours a day, whether it be Facebook, which I can't stand Facebook, but <laughs> well, David, I'm with you, there. you. You do, you do have, you do have a list that you publish to, um, uh, sort of your your inner circle of folks that are helping organize. Um, yeah. is, is there a way that people can get in contact with you if they want to help you with this cause and and uh, and be part of that that organizational body? Yeah. Um, Everybody's free to call me, and I don't know if I can give my yeah, phone number. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, and it's a you know, smartphone, so you can text me, but that's 907-398-6403. And uh, we've got a website, uh, alaskagrandjuryrights.com. It has a, a link there that you can type in your email address, and we put you on a list. Or if you want to just email me directly, you can do that. Um, and my email address is my last name, which is, uh, and I'll do it phonetically, Hotel Alpha Echo Golf. So it's H-A-E-G at Alaska.net. Um, but you kind of asked what people could do, including you, Jason. Mm-hmm. Show up on Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. And I'll have a sign with your name on it. And uh, anybody else who wants to show up, it... It is incredibly important. And, and like people have been saying, is all these things that are going haywire, you know, like election integrity and, you know, vaccine mandates and everything, a grand jury can look at all of that because it concerns, like it says in the Constitution, the public's welfare or safety. Anything that falls under the public's welfare or safety, a group of 18 normal citizens, as you get a thing in the mail, when they were sworn in, they have more power than the governor they have more power than the legislature, and they have more power than the courts. They just don't including know the it. Supreme Court. Yep, they do. They the, can do the, wow. the, the federal Supreme Court. They, they can, a lot of people don't understand that that the, the jury is the most powerful position anyone can have, and you cannot obtain it politically. You're yep. assigned it. Yep. And yeah, and people ask me, well, how do you get on the grand jury? Well. I researched that. They actually use the permanent fund dividend voter rolls to hopefully randomly select. And and I know that that's a fact because I've got grand jury summons and uh, 
I know yes. that if it wasn't random, <laughs> they would not. I just stop mine. Do they let you? Did they actually not? Or you, that hasn't been recently? No, oh. I was I was on the last grand jury, and I made it about thirty minutes in there. And they, they're like, oh, they crap, wrote up, this is They Mr. wrote up a, an order <laughs> uh-huh. to remove me. None of the judges in Kenai would would sign it, so they ended up going to Judge Morris where I got tased, and he signed it. I love it. I just love it. This is, this 30 is... minutes, I made it. <laughs> and, and the reason they nothing, used... Nothing to see here. No, yeah. nothing at all. You know, I, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with our soundboard. This, uh, yeah. You know, we've we've been uh, exploring all of its, its, its intricacies, but... Come on, man. I mean, geez. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, is there no equal protection under the law? Uh, no, there isn't. No, not there isn't. No, not in the current state of a, what do you call it? The state of corruption? Yeah. Yeah, in the state of corruption. So, uh, well, my hat's off to you. Um, actually, I'm not going to take it off because my, my earphones are over the hat. But, uh, uh, David, keep up the good work. And, uh, Walter, thanks for joining us today. Yes. We're going to go ahead and. And uh, if you've got any, actually, I wanted to, I want to touch on one more thing, David. Um, now this is an opportunity because it is an election year, and it's going to be a wild and raucous one. But there are a number of people running for governor, and if I'm not mistaken, the governor can call for a special grand jury. Is that correct? Yes. Tell us what the special grand jury can do and how it's different than your regular grand jury at the district level. Okay. Our normal grand juries that are formed day in and day out, they normally indict people based on an investigation by the district attorney and or law enforcement. And they just listen to the evidence, listen to a couple witnesses, and then say yay or nay on whether somebody should go to trial, uh, you know, whether they are quote unquote indicted. In the rare occasion, they they uh, will investigate, but that's hard for them to do because the district attorney's coming in with other cases that they want to indict people on. And so to get around that, um, and it's done everywhere in the whole U.S., and people may remember Watergate, a thing called Watergate that kind of involved the president and whatnot, they, they formed what's called a special grand jury. And the special grand jury does not look at anything other than the purpose for which it's formed. And what we would ask the governor, or what we already have asked the governor for, is a special grand jury that does nothing but investigate corruption in our judicial system and probably branching into the executive and legislative. And he didn't jump right on it. No. And when hmm. was that? Was that recently? Within the last? Yeah, we've and, been. And just once uh, you've asked. And uh, yeah, it's been here you okay. know, last week or so. Okay. And, and there is wow, one. Wow, that's fresh. Yeah, well, so, well, that's so fresh you can still smell well, it. Well, and there's there's one other animal that I'll I'll throw this out there also, is I'm not exactly sure if the governor can do it himself, but the attorney general for sure can. Any district attorney can call for a grand jury investigation into anything they want. The grand jury itself can call it, you know, to go and investigate, and that's what was stopped. So who's the AG's boss again? Uh, I forget. What do you say? Done. Done, d- d- done, nothing. done nothing. So, so really, it still is on the governor's desk. Ex- yeah, exactly. He could, he could tell Mr. Taylor, "Hey, uh, Trig, uh, we we got a problem, and we need to uh, we need to clean the house." Yep, exactly. And and there, you know, and I don't know if this will confuse people, um, and maybe I shouldn't throw it out there, but in other states, uh, New York, primarily where I found uh, how this 
how they cleaned house there is the governor appointed what's called an independent commission and it, pu it investigated publicly. So any witness that was brought in, they had TV cameras there, they swore them in with TV cameras running and started questioning them and that would be that sounds like a lot of fun yeah it, that yeah. sounds like that 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 would get really great ratings on our statewide so which governor did that in it was new mayor, york it was uh, or mayor did that uh mayor dinkins and it was called the oh, mullen, gosh. mullen commission okay um it was yep. milton mullen a retired yep. judge that headed it up um and let me just point this out that uh, grand juries, if it concerns systemic corruption and maybe conspiracy between people, they can hold their proceedings in public. And so even if we had a special grand jury, if it concerned widespread public corruption, they could do it uh, out in the open, and that would take away the ability of these people. You know, you and I probably wouldn't be able to walk right into the grand, special grand jury room, but Treg Taylor or probably Deputy Attorney General John Skidmore could and start putting his thumb on, but if it's in public, that's virtually impossible to do. It's politically it's, costly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because they like to do everything in the shadows where the sun can't penetrate. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds like we just need a good, strong dose of sunlight. Yep. And, and, and um, that sunlight could shine on Wednesday, 7.30 a.m. at the Kenai Courthouse. Yeah, <laughs> now, now you've invited and asked Governor Dunleavy to address the grand jury and basically apologize for Mr. Skidmore's actions and say, you folks should do what the Constitution and the law tells you to do. I'm sorry that our employee has stepped in a big pile of poo and we're going to figure out what to do with his nasty shoe now. <laughs> right. Oh, that was but great. That's, that's great exactly imagery. It. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. but the governor has not done nope, that. Did not do that. But he's been asked to do that. Yes. And that, that's within the recent, that's again, yeah, that was recently. Within, within, I don't know, a week and a half or whatever. And he didn't do it uh, prior to that grand jury he, he, ending. You know, the yeah. grand jury's formed for three months. And so now all those people that had that knowledge of what was going on are They're gone. They're all gone. And are now gone. we're starting over from scratch again. Uh. And so. That's the reason why he didn't. Now, now we have to start over, trying to get information to the new grand jury. Hmm. Interesting. And how do you do that? Just well, just... we're gonna go um, ask grand jurors to uh, uh, take the evidence that we have there. We did that last Wednesday. Nobody said that we couldn't. And in the the constitutional convention, um, Yule Kilcher. I don't know if that rings a bell for yeah. you, but yeah. he's he was a con he was a constitutional delegate when they were discussing it he said and there was no dissension they all agreed one of the most important rights of the public is the ability to approach the grand jury directly okay so, so you you so can approach have, them it's a legal okay. right of it's ours illegal. to yep to approach the grand jury and give them information we want them to investigate well that would be interesting to see how this because this is what you're doing is much more visible now i don't think you did this protest in a approach the other grand juries this way did you and uh we we knew who some of the grand jurors were yeah and we approached them outside of the grand jury gave them the information okay. and whatnot and and why we know it's legal is the oath that they take it's actually the oath is in alaska rule of criminal procedure 6e and in that oath it says that you as a grand juror swear that you will diligently 
investigate and inquire into anything that comes to you okay. in relation to your service as a juror. Mm-hmm. And what it does is as soon as you become a juror, you then become a re- receptacle for people's A concerns. magnet for information. Exactly. Well, yep. but it just will be interesting to see because now you're out there. Yep. You've given them notice. I heard you on Bob Bird the other day, yep. you know, talking to Bob Bird. Not that, you know, these, you know, we're on the peninsula, they're watching everything we do, but they are watching you, obviously. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see. Well, if, it's, it's so... Uh, it's so obvious in the Constitution, and well, I guess I shouldn't say that the Constitution, where it says it, it's very broad. But when you look into it, it it's it's it's, all it's there. overwhelming. It's if, all if there. If they ever took someone to trial, if some, they ever arrested someone or harmed someone, and there was a lawsuit or a trial, they would lose they would lose in the blink of an eye, and whoever prosecuted would probably be fired. But, they, um, but they, that doesn't they, they mean would they would just be uh, the deck would be reshuffled and yeah. they wouldn't have to worry because the grand jury is not operating properly. Yeah, and they would, no. uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't ever distrust the, I, I, you know, trust governments and how uncomfortable they can make your life. Look what yeah. they've done to you, yeah. David. You well, know, they've made your life not pleasant. Yeah, but so at least it, you know, what, why I sleep really well at night anymore is what we're doing here. I don't know if you guys will realize it will benefit Alaska. Yeah, yeah. 20, 30, 40, 50, yeah. 100, 100 years from 200, now. 300 years yeah. from now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so that is unless uh, Russia makes good on its threat to take Alaska back. Now, just before we leave, though, you did say something about a citizen's initiative. Other states have gotten around. Was that in reference to governors not wanting to? Yeah, and they they've used a citizens' initiative to bypass yes. what you're trying to do. Yeah, how does yeah. that work? Uh, in California, and you know, I'm not a big fan of California politics, but their grand jury system is bulletproof. They ran into the same problem we're running into right here, and what they did is they put through. There's a two grand juries: one that the public's welcome in, the other one the the prosecutor and troopers can go into. And by law. Prosecutors, troopers, judges cannot even enter the, they call it a civil grand jury, the investigative grand jury. But how they got that through is apparently the California's legislature wasn't up to or didn't want an investigative grand jury because that grand jury would investigate them. And so what the people in California did is they they did it through ballot initiative. They wrote up the law and it, it went on the ballot and it passed. Hmm. Well, that's another way to look at things, you know, that that could be a threat to them. Well, and, and I want to I want to conclude this segment by just uh, encouraging people that that you know, right now we're in uh just entering the the first sort mm-hmm. of heat of a big election season. Uh pretty much most of everybody who's going to run has stepped up and said what they're going to do. Including forty people, including forty people for <laughs> Congressman Young. Yeah. So, so okay. that that aside, we have the opportunity right now to get all of these gubernatorial candidates on the record to say, "Will you pledge on your first day in office or your first week in office, whatever, to instruct the Department of Law to open a special grand jury?" To investigate. Yeah. And that grand jury, not only can they investigate, they can investigate further to 
find a solution that would be implemented to keep it from happening again. So not only could they address the wrongs that are now happening, they could investigate a long-term solution, either, you know, uh, these laws like California have or something Act else. Act more like a commission. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Right, right. So so that is your challenge is uh, as listeners to whenever you go to these political rallies and you have somebody stumping for the seat of governor, throw that question out to them. Will you pledge to call a special grand jury or commission to investigate systemic corruption and illegal activities within the courts and the department of law. Yeah. And, and and wherever that leads you, whether that goes into the administration or, you know, OCS or fish and game or (laughs) DNR or whatever. Yeah, and I there's one addition to that is that when special grand juries are formed, if it involves department of law or whatever, they have the right to ask for and be provided independent counsel and independent investigators, um, because if it's a state, you know, a state investigator or state attorney, he'll, he'll they, have a, they yeah. might not be altruistically motivated. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, uh, you're you're becoming a cynic, you know, David. <laughs> Come on, you don't want to join the rest of. You, you got to be positive. You're very positive. Mm-hmm. And and I, it is wonderful to see the interest that has grown in the issue. Yeah, right. it's grown it's, incredibly it, fast. Yeah, it well, has I, I was very just, fast. I was just it's looking amazing. Really quick, I didn't know if you uh, realized, but you've made uh, Globe Newswire. Well, it's on Must Watch, or Must Read, Must or, Read, or, uh, or the Alaska Watchman. Alaska Watchman. But, there was a whole this is, this three, is fo- a, three photos. This is uh, somebody I don't know outside of the state. The Globe oh, interesting. is carrying it. Yeah. Very and, good. Uh, I, I haven't done a comprehensive search here to see who else has picked up the story. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, share this on social media, whether uh, you have your own Rumble channel or your own podcast or your own Facebook or Tumblr or, you know, uh, whatever you're using these days. Telegram, I know some folks are on that. Signal. You've got your own circle of influence, and that is power. That is political power. And the politicians forgot that we are well-networked. And if they piss us off, we can activate our network. That's one of the strengths of the social club, Mm -hmm. is that everybody who belongs to the social club signs a statement basically they sign off on our guiding principles and our uh mission which are all conservative liberty-based uh statements that's political power and we are now approaching three thousand members so that's a significant amount of power and uh with power we can take our power back from the politicians and give them a healthy electoral fear and with that, we can uh, make sure that they continue to represent us or start representing us rather than their own selfish interests. Yeah. So um, we are right at uh, an hour and 26 minutes. There you go. And so you've gotten lots of bonus content this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, David. And uh, thank you for joining us, Walter. And thank you to the... Uh, 
to the uh, blue healer outside that keeps barking um, <laughs> for joining the show. You know, that's one of the benefits, I guess, uh, or drawbacks of having a live cafe studio. But uh, if you haven't visited the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club deep in the heart of Soldatna, we encourage you to do so. Uh, we are a membership club. Membership is free. We do have paid memberships with uh, amenities, and we have a plan for the future to build a robust and exciting community center that will uh, have uh, increased amenities, activities. We're uh, inquiring about an indoor shooting range right now. We're looking at a two-lane bowling alley and a number of other things, and then having a sit-down restaurant venue that can seat around 380 people at, at uh, tables. Uh, it's a huge project. Uh, I've been working my face off in the background, uh, talking to potential investors and uh, looking for land, and um, we're getting traction. It's really encouraging. But uh, if you want to be part of our expanding community, just come and visit us, or you can visit us online at www.ammo, A-M-M-O, C-A-N, coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, dot ninja, because we are Espresso Ninjas. <laughs> Check us out. You'll see all about our philosophy and uh, what we offer in our current location, and, um, and you can join the conversation with us. If you'd like to come on to the uh, Conservative Hour of Power, please contact us. You can reach out to us at sarge at ammocancoffee.ninja. Let us know uh, your topic and what you'd like uh, the, this growing community to know about. And um, we just want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, Loretta, do you have any, any final comments? Let, why don't we pick on one of your favorite topics here? Oh, um, just real quick, because we promised you a My whole stack, favorite, of, favorite? stack mean, of stuff. Yeah. Evil versus stupid or dumb <laughs> in the world today? Yeah, yeah, sure. Nah. The, the dumbest one I've got is this pro-abortion feminist professor. She divorced her husband, who she loved dearly, and left behind two children because she couldn't find herself. If that oh. is not emblematic of where we are in the world today, that people, because they feel they ought to do things, that you throw away something that's working to go off and try to find yourself, we need to rethink things. That's... That's it. That's it for me. Anything you would like to rethink, David? Uh, <laughs> nope. Just that, that stunned you. I mean, that's no. a real. That's a real article. Well, I'm you pretty know, focused. New York Times. I'm pretty focused on my thing here, <laughs> uh, trying to get people to go to the grand jury thing here on Wednesday. So I'll just stay with that. And that's good. I like that better. Much better than my news article. <laughs> okay, Walter. Any any last words you'd like to weigh in with? Yeah, I, I'd like to throw something in there real quick uh, on uh, voting. Uh, why, why couldn't we do uh, biometric like, like they do overseas? Then clean up the voter rolls, um, especially the ones that live in California and want to vote here. Um, it, it'd just be too easy, and then you just go to a National Guard facility to vote. And it's immediately put into the system and counted immediately. Uh, that, waiting. that scares the living crap out of me. It does me too. I'm not. I'm not doing anyone to have my biometrics. I don't mind the purple thumb. You know, no. let's do it the way the Iraqis do. All right, uh, folks. Good. You've been listening to yeah. the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Tune in next week for more great commentary, entertainment, 
and great mix mastering.